Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com or call 662-446-1048. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk. Well, it's just Brian Haydad. Here with you on a uh, Thursday morning. Thanks for joining me here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there. Our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip in the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be a little weird if Brupolo was in Texas. Texas, Mississippi. Who would have ever guessed? If you want to enjoy Strange Brew Coffee in Texas, Mississippi, or the actual Texas, or or wherever you might be, it's just a click away at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Don't forget, when you support Strange Brew Coffee House, you are supporting the Bulldog Initiative. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. Guys, we are just a few weeks away from Mississippi State versus Kentucky, the reveal of the awesome 1998 throwbacks, and I'm just telling you now, you want to have on the right gear for that one. So head to College Corner, two locations in the Jackson area. They're enriched by Fleet Feed or flowed by the Half Shell. Or you can shop online, collegecornerstore.com, and get some interlocking MSU gear. They have a great selection of polos, T-shirts, pullovers, baseball caps, everything you need to make it feel like 1998 all over again at College Corner. Restaurant Tyler is Starkville's flagship restaurant for lunch, for dinner, for Sunday brunch, the best meal in town is that restaurant, Tyler. Might I suggest you go there and have a great meal? Might I suggest that you uh, enjoy some of the food that Robbie and I enjoy? For lunch, we are fried catfish guys. I just want to give you guys a little, little, uh, little pro tip here. You know, if you order the fried catfish, you get one filet. But if you ask, they'll give you another for a, for a nominal fee. It's totally worth it to get that second piece of catfish, though. It's really good. So... Like I tell you guys all the time, the best meal in town, it's, it's a special occasion every time you get to eat at Restaurant Tyler. 16 Priority One Bank locations throughout Central Mississippi, they are here to serve you. They serve their communities. That's what it's about. Eating locally, shopping locally, just as important to bank locally. You have those strong relationships in your community. That way, if you have a financial issue and you got to talk to somebody, you're talking to people you know. I prefer to do business with people I know. It's just that simple. I like to be able to walk in and say, hey, how are you doing? Good to see you. How's your How's your kids? You know, things like that. I don't want to have to deal with some corporate bank and some corporate BS on top of that. So, bank with, with our friends at Priority One. PriorityOneBank.com is the website. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. It is the bi-week blitz. I regret not being able to get up with Coach Jans, but as I said on yesterday's podcast, his recruiting calendar would not allow him to squeeze in a time with me this week. Uh, We are locked in for October the 25th, live on Thunder and Lightning. You've got a dentist appointment. You'll sit in the chair on October the 25th for that day. But, But between now and then, we've got plenty of good stuff. So 
We're going to start off here with a coach that's in season, who's having a good season, a great season, as he attempts to get back to the NCAA tournament. Coach James Armstrong, he is the head coach of MSU Soccer. And, of course, you know I had to get some Premier League talk in with him. So let's go to that interview right now. Let's start the bye week blitz, and we're going to start with a coach who's already in the middle of his season, Coach James Armstrong, Mississippi State Soccer, before we talk about your team, before we talk about your program and how your season's going. I've heard that you're a Burnley man. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, I grew up uh, 30 minutes away from Burnley's ground, Turf Moor. So uh, I have an affiliation with Burnley. So that that makes me wonder, though, because it says on on your bio you're from Yorkshire. That, I will, yeah, that's a great. I think question. Leeds when I think Yorkshire. Yeah, so I live on the Yorkshire Lancashire border in a small little town called Skipton. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, let's just say that I was, uh, my uncle played for Burnley. My cousin lived with us for a while. He was a season ticket holder at Burnley. So it was just the easiest ground to get to. Um, I had a ride to get there and had friends that were going along as well. So I consider myself a Yorkshireman, but my affiliation is with the Lancashire club, unfortunately. I, I hear you. So, you know, I love company. I think, I think he's one of the all time greats. and I think he's doing well there, but when I think Burnley, you know, I think of Sean Dyche right right away. Is there any part of Sean Dyche's management style that you bring to your program? <laughs> um, well, I think he's a, a, a disciplinarian. Um, I don't I don't think in this day and age that works quite as well. Um, you know, so I think he's got well organized teams defensively. I'd like to think that we do that. Um, so maybe that's the one part of uh, Sean Dyche's managerial style that uh, that we've tried to replicate. No four four two though. Well, we actually played a four four two in the last game, believe it or not. Ah. Uh, a flat four four two. We played it twice this year. Once against Arizona State, um, and once you know the other day against our, our rivals up the road. So we uh, we have played it a little bit differently, though. I mean, we don't have six foot tall forwards just to <laughs> knock it into and flick it on. So nah. we nah. play a little different style from that standpoint. Your roster is very similar to a lot of the rosters for the Olympic sports here at Mississippi State in that there's not a lot of kids from Mississippi on it. You've got kids from all over the country and a lot of uh, some international kids as well. For Mississippi, how is soccer in this state? I think it does the best it can, to be perfectly honest with you. I think um, looking at it, we do have two players from Mississippi with Kelsey Clay and Riley Thompson, but... To give you an idea, both of those didn't play club soccer uh, per se in Mississippi. Kelsey played for Mississippi Rush, but she was also dual rostered for Alabama FC. And Riley Thompson ended up going into residency in Florida at the IMG Academy. Um, The way, whether it's right or wrong, that uh, club soccer um, is structured here in the States is that the ECNL League and the Girls Academy League are the two biggest leagues that there are in the country. And unfortunately for us, Mississippi does not have representation in either of those leagues. Um, so they might go to Louisiana for that, um, that has a Girls Academy team, or they go to Alabama, which has an ECNL team. But hopefully that's something that uh, can be rectified in the future because there are some excellent players here in Mississippi. Um, you know, and there's some really good clubs and some really good coaches. It's just those opportunities to to participate on a national level are not there as much as as we would all like. I'm going to use one of my favorite uh, 
Premier League terms here. How, how do you feel about your team's form right this second? Um, I think it's, it's been a tough season because we felt like we played well in large portions of every game. Um, but we haven't always got the results that we needed to get, right? So you go non-conference, Iowa, we weren't good at all for the first half. We go down a goal, play really well in the second half, um, but just couldn't get one in the back of the net. And then in SEC play, we played Texas A&M. I thought we had a fantastic first half, but then we make a mistake. We get a red card. They get a penalty. We lose that game one nothing. We go to LSU. We play great. We're up one nothing, And then we get another penalty call against us and, and things just didn't quite go our way. And then the biggest one was Tennessee. We're up 3 nothing against the number 12 team in the country with 17 minutes to go at home. And we end up tying that game 3-3, right? Which as a coach, you just look back on and, and it's just so frustrating. And then, uh, you know, the good thing for us is the chemistry and belief in the team is unwavered. Um, they've come to work every day, great attitude, great personality, great energy. And so we we go into the Florida Ole Miss week, you know, thinking, all right, this is uh, this is two big games for us coming off the back of some disappointments. And thankfully for us, we kept two clean sheets and uh, two one nothing results that went our way. So form right now, I feel like we're in a good spot. I think the girls uh you know, it's that time of year where everything hurts and people are tired and mentally, physically. But, you know, they're, they're still working hard every day. They got today off and yesterday off. So we'll see them again tomorrow. And we've got four really big games left, you know. So hopefully you want to be playing your best soccer at this time of year. You said clean sheets, and you know, for for a lot of people who don't know what a clean sheet is, it means it's a shutout. That's I guess that would be the American yeah. term for it. Maddie Anderson, yeah. a big part of that, obviously. She has eight on the season, eight clean sheets. She's been really, really good playing at a high high level. What makes her such a good keeper? I think you look at Maddie Anderson. Everything you need to know about her is the fact that she has been our number one goalkeeper since the minute she stepped on campus as a freshman. Um, uh, first game, it was that COVID year, <clears throat> and we, so we had a longer preseason, and we were like, it's, it's a no-brainer. Like, this is our number one. doesn't matter if she's a freshman or not. The first two minutes we play, we're away at Auburn in our first opening game. First two minutes, we give away a free kick in shooting distance, and she tips it onto the bar, and uh, she's never looked back. You know, she's uh, somebody that trains hard every day, coachable, great with her feet, um, great shot stopper, reads the game really well in terms of uh, positioning t- with the back four as to, you know, eliminating through balls. And, uh, you know, she she's one of those that can start attacks for us. Her distribution is fantastic. We call her the quarterback of our team. So she's a leader. Um, she's got tons of experience, obviously holds the clean sheets record here. Shutout record, sorry, at uh, Mississippi State. So we're just blessed. No, no stay with the terminology. Team. Don't, 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 don't dump it down. <laughs> All right, she, she's got the clean sheet records, and we're just blessed to have her here at Mississippi State. And you know, hopefully, uh, we're going to have her for another year with uh, with her COVID year. Do you like? I, I guess what I should say is, like, do you feel like this team is underrated a little bit? You know, you look at the soccer rankings; they're not in there, but they're sitting at eight three and three. They've got some some really good wins on the season, and like you said, coming off of two straight wins. Do you, do you like where your team is right this second? That's a, another great question, Brian. Um, 
we don't really care, to be honest. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. We don't really care what other people think about us. We do care what the uh, the NCAA selection committee thinks about us. And right now, latest projections are that we're number two in the RPI. Oh, sorry, number 22 in the RPI. I wish we were number two. Um, number 22 in the RPI. So that that's the one ranking that matters because obviously that's the one that determines whether you're going to make a postseason uh, bid or not. If I asked you about your program and said, are, are you still building the foundation of it or do you feel like you've got the foundation set and now it's time to build upon success? What would you say is yeah. more accurate? Uh, we've got, we've built the foundation. Um, we've had some unbelievable players that have moved on and graduated that put a lot of effort into um, implementing the culture that we wanted from day one. Um, it wasn't easy, but we were fortunate that we had immediate buy-in um, from that group that we had in 2019. Obviously, they made the SEC tournament that year. We brought in some key transfers. I mean, Alyssa Deloitte, who's now our director of operations, she brought a new style of professionalism into us in our second year. And we brought Macy Hodge in that same year. And she was kind of under Alyssa's wing a little bit. And we brought Gwen Mummett in from Louisiana Lafayette. You know, she was another one that just brought leadership. So I think we were we were really fortunate with some of the characters and the personalities that we brought in to get to a point now whereby it's almost a player-driven culture that they know exactly what it means to represent Mississippi State in this program. And, you know, they enforce their own rules and they they decide what it what they wanted their everyday standards to be. Uh, but that's obviously based on years of hard work and understanding every day of what our core values are. Um, so now we've got that foundation in place. Now it's making sure that we take that next step, right? I think you look at it last season in particular, you know, expectations are through the roof now, right? Everybody expects Mississippi State to go on the field now and compete to win every game. That wasn't always the case before. That's newfound pressure for players, for staff, but that's the type of pressure that you want, right? It means that you've been successful in something you've been doing. So recruiting has got to be on point. Um, I think if you look at the transfer portal players that we brought in in the last window with Alana, with Aitana, with Kennedy White, with uh, Ruthney, Nini as we call her, you know, I think that's a, an example. All of those players had high accolades could have gone to many, many different places to further their career and their aspirations, but they chose here in Startville, Mississippi. So hopefully that trend continues. We've got a really good 2023 class that are growing. Our 2024 class, we're really excited about, and we're having 2025s on campus at the moment. So we feel like the future's bright, but uh, definitely feel like the foundation is, is in a good spot right now. There's James Armstrong, Mississippi State soccer. Really good stuff. Anytime you want to get together and watch Premier League, I'm in. We'll, we'll get together. Yes. Sounds good. Well, I'll, I'll hold you to that. All right. All right. Thanks to Coach Armstrong. Appreciate his time. He and I need to grab a pint on a, on a Saturday morning and uh, and watch a little uh, a little Premier League together. So he's a Burnley guy. and I'm a Chelsea guy. So I had him last week. I could. I did. I wish I had had done this interview the week before. I could. I would have smack talked him a little bit. All right. Speaking of smack talk, somebody you don't smack talk, somebody you got to talk nice to is Coach Sam Purcell. Good to talk to him. If, if, you're, if you're listening to this in the morning and you haven't had your coffee yet, you're not going to need it. You're about to talk to Coach Purcell. He's going to get you uh, fired up and ready to go. 
interesting season coming up for this team. There's a lot of expectations, but he's ready to embrace them. Let's go now to my interview with Mississippi State head women's basketball coach Sam Purcell. We're going to continue the bye week blitz now. And, I, you know, on this podcast, I have been accused in the past of not talking nice to people. But with this guest, I have no choice but to talk nice because I've got Coach Sam Purcell on the line with me right now, Mississippi State women's basketball coach. Looking forward to a great season following up a great season uh, last year, a run into the NCAA tournament. And, Coach, Around your program and around the men's program as well, there's there's some buzz for basketball at Mississippi State, which we haven't had here in, in quite some time. Outside, I feel the buzz. Internally, do you do you guys feel that as well? Do you feel the excitement level building as you get closer to tip off? Heck yeah, we do. Because uh, you know what, me and Coach Jans. First of all, Coach Jans, I've always said on the record, man, what a great dude. Yeah. Um, so obviously, we share the same building. Our offices are across the hall for each other. So there's a there's a family atmosphere around here where we fist pound each other. We walk by each other every day. So it's just kind of a iron sharpens iron mentality. But most important, we encourage each other and we cheer for each other. So both programs couldn't be uh, any more happy right now. You had some big-time transfers come into your your program. And these are the kind of transfers. That, I don't know that you brought them in so much for depth as, as, as you brought them in to be immediate impact players for your team this season as you as you're starting into practice and, and you're getting closer to the season how well have those players integrated into what you want to do into what this program is yeah no they, you know it's obviously a huge blessing for me uh, I think they've been integrated you know really well because first of all especially Lauren Park Lane uh, you know we lost both point guards last year so not only do we need another point guard not that miracle Shepherd our freshman is not going to have a great year um, but, yes, yeah, so depth and just, you know, somebody with experience. Um, and they've been great. Uh, Aaron Barnum, who's been in the SEC and played at this, uh, this league, has brought some experience uh, and some swag to our team uh, as an upperclassman. And then Dee Rogers has brought an ability where she can just get hot, where she can go five, six threes in a row like no other. So um, they've been huge. We're excited. And obviously, you know, the reality of anything in sports, We're gonna, we'll, we'll see what happens when the lights come on. All three of those girls were double-digit scorers at their, at their last stop. You still have Jessica Carter. You have Ja'Kayla Jordan, who's been a scorer for you. Is it fair to, to make the, uh, the, have the expectation that this could be a, very, uh, a team that puts a lot of points on the board? <laughs> I hope. You know, that's what I said when I took the job. People asked me what kind of style of play, and I said, listen, I want to play fast because we're top 15 in the country in attendance, and my fans aren't just paying, you know, to come and watch a 48 to 48, you know, 47-point game. They want to see high-octane offense, but most importantly, high-octane defense. So I think there'll be nights if we're gluing and we're playing together that you can see multiple 100-point games this year if, if we really play to our potential. I mentioned Jessica Carter, back for one more season here in Starkville, been one of State's best players over the, over her career. What kind of season can she have in her, in her final year? And, and does she have to be the best player on your team for your team to reach its goals this year? Yeah, great question. So I'll answer the second part first. She doesn't have to be the best player because that's kind of our hashtag. I've got one special team. And the one thing in college basketball is a different player has to step in, night in and night out. Now, what she does have to do is be the, one of the most consistent because um, she's going to be a player that's going to play 30 to 35 minutes a game. Um, and then with just her presence, she makes everybody better. Um, and then because of the attention that she draws, 
uh, not only does she draw in the game the opponent's multiple layers, she's also uh, attracting the coach's votes. So now she's put herself in position to be first-team All-SEC, a first-round WBA pick, um, and then most importantly, she's, she came back because she wants to win championships. In an era where the portal is real and you can go uh, join dynasties, you know what? She stayed here because she wants to get her own ring, but most importantly for Mississippi State. My podcast partner, Robbie Falk, wrote an outstanding article yesterday about Gabe Lazo, one of your assistant coaches. And when I see you guys together, when I see your assistant coaching staff, the chemistry is obvious with you guys. It's not just – it doesn't seem forced. It doesn't seem like, hey, we have to take this picture or we have to do this video. Why do you guys work so well together? Man, because we came here for, you know, one reason. Uh, you know, obviously none of us are from Mississippi, but we fell in love with Mississippi. We fell in love with Mississippi State. And, again, I've always said this is why I love the job. It's people. And so one of the big things for me is hiring great people. And this atmosphere here where most people could be mad because there's not a mall or top golf or – other activities to go, you know, individually, you know, spend your time. We literally break bread and eat and fellowship and enjoy each other in the community. And so I think that's why it flows over into the workforce because of the day-to-day life here in Starkville. It's only year two for you here at Mississippi State. But you had a fantastic season last year. You get to the NCAA tournament. You make it to the, uh, the, the second round of the NCAA tournament. You're definitely still building this program. You're still putting the foundation down. Do you in any way, and maybe this is like a trap question, but do you feel like, <laughs> like you're ahead of, of schedule from where you thought you might be at this point? A hundred percent. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. I mean, I had a vision and a plan when I got hired. You know, I'll never forget when, you know, obviously John Cohen was the AD at the time. He, he asked me in the interview process, how long do you think it'll take to get this thing back? And I honestly told him, hey, I feel like I'm one of the best recruiters in the country, and the portal has changed the game that I think I can get it back in year one. He was like, for real? I was like, yeah. So that part doesn't surprise me, but then you need the reality of me going out in the streets and picking up the phones and, you know, knowing I believed in myself, but having other players believe in me and give me a chance, that's the unknown. Um, So for it to come, you know, to life, and I couldn't be more grateful for this group and, you know, to have – uh, last year's returners stay with me and then be able to recruit a great class on top of it. To your question, um, that's, that's where this program's at. You know, that's why we're working hard right now in recruiting because if I can stack top 25 classes back to back, that's how you have top 25 programs year in and year out um, and, and take this thing to the next level. When it comes to the word expectations, you know, my job and your job are different. You know, when, when yeah. somebody asks me what's my expectations of, of Mississippi State women's basketball this year, I'll say, uh, well, you know, I think they can compete in the SEC and I think they're going to be an, an NCAA tournament team and they can make that second weekend. My guess is if somebody asked you that question, you're not going to get the same answer that, that I just gave. So I'll ask you the question. What are your expectations for your team this year? Yeah, so you, you're going to think I'm crazy. Last year, I actually told people that, you know, again, that's why why not us occurred. I, I knew we could make the NCAA tournament. And then when we made it, I told them, guys, we're in the right radar with a bracket that we were given that we could have went to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. And wow. here's the thing. We lost to Notre Dame uh, by four points at Notre Dame. The next matchup is Maryland, which we were just as athletic. 
and then we would have had to beat South Carolina in the lead eight, which we were one of only three teams, I believe, that held them in, in single-digit losses. So my team wasn't going to be scared of them. Mm-hmm. So that team last year, who never received a top 25 vote or even honorable mention, could have made it to the Final Four. And so this year, that's why I try to help them understand. We train and, and play as hard as anybody in the country. My philosophy, and that's why I left Louisville, is to always put a team together and I've got great individual parts that can put a team. So because on paper, my expectations for me and I think for our players is to, to, to win championships in the SEC, regular season and, and in the conference, and then obviously try to get to the Final Four. That's how, that's how we think. I'll, 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 I'm going to go with that then. If somebody asks me, I'm, I'm changing my answer, Coach. But it's, <laughs> but it's I you people, Somebody come here, they said, I'll never forget the best part when I went to the baseball stadium where I got the job. A, a gentleman came out of the baseball stadium stands and said, Coach, NCAA or bust? And I said, hey, I didn't come here to lose. So that's my mentality. That's the way I look at it. People can think I'm crazy, but you know what? I am crazy. I'm crazy enough to believe in this team, this university, and I think we can do it. All right. Did I talk nice enough to get another interview down the road? Yeah. (laughs) You always can. Appreciate that. Coach Sam Purcell, Mississippi State women's basketball, looking forward to the start of your season. Thanks for jumping on with me. All right. Thank you. Health State. Thanks, to Coach Purcell. We get another interview. We keep, we've talked we talked nice enough to him. Appreciate his time. Let's move on into the other two interviews. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef hits what's for dinner, guys. I like steak. I don't know about you, but I like steak. My my youngest daughter uh, yesterday was going through her friends and saying how they like uh, how they like their. She was like, judge my friends based on how they eat their steak. Then she got to the one kid who was like, well done. I was like, I have no respect for him. I'll be honest with you. Just, what are you. What's wrong with you? It's not how you cook a steak. Especially the great steaks we get here in the state of Mississippi from our 15,000 beef producers. You know them. You love them. When you go to the grocery stores, you are making their lives a lot easier when you just put some red meat in the grocery cart. Do it this weekend. Cook out. Put on, fire up the grill and put some beef on there. Beef, it's what's for dinner thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find the smoked southern soul food that you're looking for. Fellas, I mean, you just can't go wrong with with anything on the menu at Two Brothers. Speaking of beef, the prime rib sandwich. Maybe the best sandwich in the city of Starkville. It's got a strong claim. I I mean, you guys know me. I'm honest. If I thought there was a better sandwich, I would tell you. Nothing's coming to mind here, guys. That thing is fantastic. If you haven't had it yet... Nah, you're kind of missing out. You need to get to Two Brothers and tell them you want the prime rib sandwich. Also mentioned that we were trying to put the Thunder and Lightning uh, burrito together. We want that to happen. We need to make that happen. The TNL burrito. We're going we're gonna to get that going very, very soon. Don't you worry about that. Check them out. Smoke Southern Soul Food and a Bulldog Initiative business at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products, great service. That's the, uh, the, the motto for a lot of businesses. But who really delivers it? How do you know if they can deliver it? How about 48 years of keeping the doors open? That's a good start, right? That's what Advantage Business Systems does. They've been doing it for 48 years, guys. You know you can trust a business that's been open for that long. No business is staying open that long if they haven't taken care of their customers. You need technology for your business? It's just a phone call away with the kind of service you would expect to get from your next-door neighbors. 601-362-9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. 
The Collegiate Collection at the Rogue, I just said it a few minutes ago, guys. If you're looking for interlocking MSU gear, they've got it at the Rogue. Polos and pullovers, great, great quality stuff. High-end stuff. This is the kind of stuff you want to you be wearing. All right, you don't want to be wearing that flimsy Adidas stuff that's going to, you know, it doesn't fit right. and it, 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 just, don't, just don't do it. Make it easy on yourself. Head to the Rogue. Check out their Collegiate Collection or check it out online, therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. Let's go to the spring sports and let's go to the diamond. We'll start on the softball one. Coach Samantha Ricketts looking to bounce back this year. You know, two years ago, a historic season. Last year, it just didn't it just didn't work in conference play. Can she get back in on track? Let's find out. Let's talk to Coach Samantha Ricketts from Mississippi State Softball. Let's wrap things up here on the bye week blitz with Coach Samantha Ricketts, Mississippi State Softball. And coach, you know, it's a the, the theme of the spring is going to be bouncing back between you and the baseball program. You know, for your team, when you look at last season to this season, what's the biggest area where you've got to turn things around? I think just the overall consistency. Um, you know, that's been a big message. I think just uh, from the top down, I think leadership, accountability, just all of it so that, that, you know, we're not in that position that we were, again, like last season, you know, not ending the way we liked. And I think we still have a lot of players left on the roster from two years ago from our super regional run, and it just, if anything, I thought it really fueled the fire for everybody returning because they know where this program's headed and what it can be. And then for us to finish and have that disappointing end last year, they've all been just, I think, another level of just disappointment and resolve to get back after it this year. And I think it really, honestly, has brought the team closer together and it's brought out a lot of good leadership qualities so far this fall for us. I want to ask you a couple of big-picture questions about the sport of softball. You know, with baseball right now, there is so much focus on analytics. You know, it, it feels like the old days of batting average and, and home runs. Nobody looks at those in, in, anymore. Are there softball analytics? Or do you guys have as much focus on analytics as they do over on the other side of the diamond? Yeah, I mean, I do think it's growing a lot, just the use of technology and analytics in softball, just like baseball, because, you know, we are such a comparable sport, especially from the defensive and the hitting side. Uh, you know, pitching metrics are going to be a little bit different in terms of comparison with baseball, but, you know, the advanced metrics is huge, I think, when it comes to scouting, to preparing, and I think you need to have some sort of a of a knowledge and a background in it or have the staff that does because they're all, in this day and age you're going to get left behind. Um, you know, it's hard to just kind of rely on your eye and what you think you know and what you think looks best when you have, you know, just the objective data right there and the numbers in front of you. And so I think we do a good job of balancing it, trying to continue to use our resources, added a player development position this off season, um, and have been using a lot of the sports scientists and the weight room and athlete engineering and just partnering up with people on campus at Mississippi State that are going to continue to help us grow and get better. You know, doing the sports talk thing that I do, one of the things we've talked about basically every week, at least once, is the addition of Oklahoma and Texas to the Southeastern Conference. And we always, <clears throat> excuse me, we always ask the same question: Are Texas and Oklahoma ready for the SEC? For softball, I'm going to turn that question around and ask you: Is the SEC ready for Oklahoma? I mean, you know, I think we're excited. I think just knowing the history and they're the, the top of the top, and they've been doing it right for such a long time, and you know, so much respect for that program and for Coach Gasso, who I played for at OU, and just, you know, I think it's just going to continue to help raise the bar in the SEC, but just nationwide, and that's what they're doing. They're forcing 
teams to adapt and to get on their level to try and find a way to beat them. So I know we're excited about it. We've played them every year. Um, this will be, I think, our fourth year in a row playing them in non-conference play. And I told her, we're going to keep playing you because we're going to see you once you join the conference. So we're excited to face them out again in California this season. And I think this, for the challenge, that's why we choose the SEC as coaches and players, is to be a part of the best of the best and to beat the best of the best. And that's how we're going to attack it. And another thing we've talked about so much is scheduling, obviously, with football and so on. You know, the SEC schedule for softball now is still a little unusual because Vanderbilt doesn't play, and you see you have that off week that everybody has to take, and you have years where you're not playing certain schools. Last year you guys didn't play Ole Miss, which I, I – we, we did this interview last year. I told you I thought it was a travesty, and, and, and we, we just have to get through it. Have they given you some sort of guidance of what the schedule is going to look like going forward? Is it going to be the same thing where, well, there's 15 teams now, so we still have to have somebody take a week off, or have they figured that out? Yeah, we've been talking through it. I know we had a committee, um, an outside company, and then a committee group that was working on it and just trying to find the best way to serve the student-athlete was the focus. Um, you know, whether that meant not pro- uh, protecting rivalries. The big thing, we want every student-athlete to get a chance to experience every school, every campus. I think that's a you know, unique value that we're able to provide. Um, so I think that's been a focus. But it definitely will be still schools rotating on and off, and it'll just kind of depend on the year. Um, who you're getting and who you're not. I saw a tweet from the Hell State softball account today. You talked about the, there's more Mississippians on this year's roster since you've had than you've had since 2007. You know, that's it's five players. So you know, people are like, "Wow, there's like 10, 12." No, it's it's five players. Uh, Mississippi is a is a state that that you know is behind in softball. I talked to Coach Armstrong yesterday. So the kind of the same thing in soccer there that you know you have to recruit the the, the nation for those sports. How is softball progressing in this state? And, and then what do you consider to be your recruiting footprint? Do you have one? Do you just have to go as far out as, as the players are? Yeah, I think we, you know, we're, we try to cast a pretty broad net and we want to find the best of the best players and bring them to Starfall, regardless of what state they're from. Um, you know, and I do think that the softball in the state of Mississippi is continuing to grow and it's a unique environment just with in high school ball the private schools play in the fall and the public schools play in the spring. So you've kind of got a, you know, a spread out softball season amongst the high schools that kind of interferes with a lot of the competitive travel ball, which is where we do most of our recruiting from. So, but I do think we're seeing more and more young talent coming up. And I think a lot of that has to do with these you know, young athletes seeing softball on TV more often and they're choosing softball at a young age and kind of sticking with it. And it's fun to see that growth and that talent in our sport. And I know we've got, you know, a good core group of girls that really love the state of Mississippi and Mississippi state, and they want to represent it to the best of their value. And, you know, they're great softball players as well. And they've all had different journeys to get here. Some as freshmen, some through junior college, but I think all, you know, definitely are where they're meant to be. You sort of hit on my next question there. You know, when you're recruiting, is the focus more on the travel teams than it is just high school competition? Yes, in softball, it's definitely a lot. Um, it's the summer, it's the fall, a lot of the high-level competition. You know, we want to, we want the players that we're recruiting and that are future Bulldogs playing against future SEC pitchers and to be ready for this level of competition and to not come in and have never really played at the highest level until they get here. I think that's something that's important, that they're playing with and against you know, just top talent. It's something huge when we're out there watching. This may be a dumb question, you know, but you're just going to have to get through it with me. Is there, is there even such a thing as another Mia Davidson? Oh gosh, it, it might be a long time. She was 
she was special. I, you know, that's she's that's why she was so special because of everything that she did so well. Um, she's going to be a tough one to ever find another replacement for. If you do, though, you're going to be in good shape. We'll put it that way. For sure. Yeah, yeah. What's the strength of this year's 2023 team going to be? I think our strength is really going to be our athleticism. We're faster, we're quicker, we're more athletic, dynamic. I think we can hit for power and steal bases. And that's something that we've really been working towards the last few years and thought that might have been us last year, but I don't think we were quite there yet. But we've just brought in better and better athletes that can really bring a lot to the table and aren't just so one-tooled. You know, they do more than just stand there and hit home runs. They do more than just play defense. Um, so I think we're going to have a lot of really good matchups and some battles for playing time even throughout the spring. But, you know, I hope that that means they're making my job tough when I've got a bunch of people out there battling and doing a good job. You know, then it's on me to find the best nine for the lineup. I asked this question from uh, of Coach Lamonis yesterday because he's coming off of a season, a disappointing season. I know you're coming off of a disappointing season. When you look at your team and you look at the schedule and you look, take everything into consideration, do you, or do you look at this season and say, we're bouncing back this year, we'll be right back in the NCAA tournament? I mean, that's, that's definitely always the focus. We never want to look at anything from that negative lens. But I think I'm also not going to schedule soft because of how we finished last year. I don't think that's really in – my DNA, and I. if we're going to beat the best, we need to play them, and we're doing that early. I think we have a pretty tough non-conference schedule early on in February, and that's by design, you know, that's so that we can go out and see how we measure up and what we need to learn before we get to SEC play so that the first time we're not facing just week after week of quality opponents is conference. So I think I look at it, and I think it's a tough schedule, but I think that it's something that is a challenge that we can rise up to, and I think we've got the personnel in place that I think we might come out and be able to really bounce back the way we want after last season. I'm looking at the schedule right now. I see the two tournaments on there. Do you know when the rest of the non-conference schedule will be released? I do not. That's always a challenge for us, just getting contracts back and the way it all kind of works. So um, We're still working through the process. It's usually by the end of the the calendar year. I would hope by December it's out there. It caught me off guard for a second there, Coach. I was looking, I was like, they don't play any home? That can't be right. I, let me ask her about this. <laughs> they don't have any games. They're, they're not playing any games at home this year until they get to conference play. So, and then start... have some home games. We'll open up at home as well. Yeah. And of course, starting conference play March 8th against Ole Miss. Ole Miss. So, right back at it with them. We'll see how that goes. Coach Ricketts, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Really good stuff and good information today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks to Coach Ricketts. Appreciate her time. It's really interesting stuff there about the recruiting aspect of it. I, I appreciated her, uh, her her insight into that. Coach Chris Lamonis, guys, Coach doesn't need to tell us to tell him, and I'm going to say that a couple times in the interview, that he, he knows. He knows what this season means for his program, for his future, for his time at Mississippi State, for his legacy at Mississippi State. It's a big season. He knows that. He's got a talented group. But they've got a lot of improvement to make. So can they get that done? Let's find out. Coach Chris Lamonis, Mississippi State Baseball, joins me now as part of the bi-week blitz. Let's continue the bi-week blitz. We're talking to as many coaches that will get on the phone with me this week. Coach Chris Lamonis joins us, Mississippi State Baseball. Coach, I don't have to be the one that tells, tells you that last season was not what you wanted it to be. You were hoping for a bounce back. It, it didn't occur. I know in the moment of the season, you, 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 you struggle to find answers at times for why your team wasn't playing the way you thought they could. Now that you've gotten out of that season, now that you've had a time to, to think about it, to look back, why do you think it went wrong for you last year? 
<laughs> I may not still have the answer, but I do. Um, you know, one, I think we went into last year, and I, I like our talent that we had, but we were young. And, uh, you know, we have a handful of injuries that first week or two, and I just don't think we ever responded back. You know, we had a little stretch in the middle where we got going, and we had, a, you know, lost an arm or two, and we just, you know, didn't respond. And, uh, you know, from uh, just X's and O's, it's probably the first year here that we didn't play great defense. And, um, you know, in this, this day and age of, the, you know, baseball, if you make a mistake or give up a freebie, the next thing you know you're looking at a big inning, and we looked at too many of them last year. And then we just didn't – we didn't command on the, on the mound. I mean, I just think that's the biggest piece. And, you know, I like our pitchers. <laughs> you know, some of the guys that didn't have success last year I think have a chance to have a lot of success this year just from a year of experience. And experience in this league is huge. So um, we've watched some of our guys have a really good fall on the mound. And, you know, you got to throw strikes and play great D to give yourself a chance. And I feel like we'll do a better job of that this year. Well, a big part of that is going to be Justin Parker, the big addition to your staff. He, a guy who had a you know pretty good job. He's over at South Carolina. That's an SEC school. That's a top job. No pun intended here, Coach, but what was your pitch to him to bring him to Mississippi State? Well, I think as I went through it, um, one, it's Mississippi State. It's a premier program in the country. Um, and, but I think as I went through this whole process, it took me about six weeks. I'm sure all y'all know because everybody was on pins and needles. Um, but the, the reality of it was I think he was watching our, our young group of players that we had you know, and having the opportunity to come in and work with some guys and make them better. Um, we felt like we had a really good group in-house at the time. Um, that, that just needed to be a little bit better and be moved along. I think that was the biggest attraction to him. The Kobe Holcombs, the Nate Domes, the Durangelos and Loftons, and, you know, having Auger back and Simmons back and Pico back, you know, it's just a lot of guys in there that give you, you know, give you, you know, a good feeling about, you know, moving forward with this program. You mentioned all of those guys, and we know that it's not a talent issue with them. They've got the arm, they've got the velocity, they've got the ability to be great pitchers in this conference. And you mentioned it you know, in your first answer that you just didn't compete and command on the mound the way you wanted to a season ago. Now that you've gone through the fall or you're going through the fall, are you seeing the improvements there that lead you to believe, okay, these are the guys who can make out an SEC rotation? Yeah, I do. I really do. You get, you're seeing the, uh, they've all, they're all better than they were last year, and they're all a little more confident than they were going in. They know what's expected in this league now, which is a big thing, you know, in the SEC. But they, um, you know, I feel that with them. And um, I think Park's done a great job. He's been very hands-on, um, very, uh, I say, in your face a little bit. He's kind of with these guys every day, and, and there's no BS to him. So, he is, you know, he'll let you know when he really likes something or he'll let you know when he doesn't. So I think that's been good for our staff. Our staff needs a little bit of an edge. You know, it's, it's coming off of last year. You know, we need to, we need not only to think we're good, but they also have to, they have to feel it. They have to see it. And, uh, I think that's a big part that Park, Park, Coach Parker has helped them out with. We'll talk about the transfer portal because I want to talk about some of the new new faces on this team. But let's talk about a guy who went in and then came out and had probably had your your blood pressure up there for for about forty eight hours with Dakota Jordan. Just take us through what happened with him, the decision he goes to go in, and then the decision that he he makes to come back. What went into those decisions? Well, in this day and age, we, we deal with a lot of different factors. Um, you know, Dakota Jordan is a Mississippi State Bulldog, and um, you know, I, I think that's what came true at the very end is, 
I, I want to be here. This is where I belong. He's been committed here since he was in the eighth grade almost. Like, I, I think that was the biggest piece. And just, you know, had some influences from outside that felt like he should do that. And, you know, when he called, it shocked us, you know. But, you know, we get a, we get a call that night that he wants to go in. And then the next morning he calls, uh, calls back and I made a mistake and I don't want to leave. You know, and uh, people think there's a lot of perceptions of why he went in and out, but it's, you know, like I said, it's a lot of influence, you know, uh, outside influence on him. And I just, you know, we're glad he's back. He's such a, a, a great player, but a wonderful kid, too. So, um, you know, and he's that, I tell him all the time, he's the joy in our clubhouse. He barely, rarely has a bad day and always has a big smile on his face. Be honest, how much did you sleep that night between announcements? It was about, what y'all don't realize, it was about three or four or five days before. You uh-huh. know, so there, you don't sleep, uh, oh, we don't sleep a lot in the summer anyway, anymore. <laughs> you know, our summers have gone to, you know, you're, you're in the portal, there's a fire every day, you're worried about your own guys. You know, our, you know, we heard it from everybody all summer, sign guys out of the portal, sign guys out of the portal. What people don't realize is we're protecting, we're spending more time keeping our team together is what a lot of teams are doing. And we went out and got some good portal guys, but you're, you're having to make sure you keep your team together. You know, we had the number two recruiting class in the country last year, number seven this year, trying to get through the draft. Just trying to keep your team together is hard enough, and then figuring out the portal is, is tough. I mean, it's just a uh, – it is a – and, when you know, the bad dynamic for us is we didn't have a pitching coach for six weeks. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, that first wave of guys that went in the portal, you know, we didn't get a pitcher out of that because – you know, we didn't have a pitching coach. Just hard to do, you know. And so um, being able to come back around and pick up some good guys on the second wave was, was huge for us. Well, let's talk about those guys then. You've got some new faces, a couple of new bats, a couple of new arms. Guys I would assume you hope can compete for spots in your rotation. What do you like about your new guys thus far? Well, the portal guys, I have, we have had uh, Cal Stevens has been really good for us. You know, he was the Friday night pitcher at Purdue last year. Had a really good year. Um, big physical kid with some, you know, low to mid 90s stuff in a strike thrower and a competitor. You know, we, we really like him. Carson Ligon, who was uh, one of the weekend starters the last two years for the Miami Hurricanes, has been in. He's been a little slower this fall in terms of because he took some time off. So we were, he's really not all the way ramped up. But, you know, it's another mid 90s arm guy who's been there. He's done it. He's mature. He's a competitive kid. Um, have a big left-hander in Nate Lamb, like six-five left-hander who, I think yesterday he was 92, 93, and he may have touched four, but he's been up to five before. Who is 23 years old, you know, and throws strikes. So we feel like we got, you know, we added some real arms there and those three guys. And then, you know, I think some of the bigger ones. We really had a push for Logan Kohler, our third baseman, came in from Memphis, and uh, you know we felt like we needed a left-handed bat. We felt like we really had to improve defensively. And I think that was the piece that, you know, if you've been to our scrimmages, I feel like Logan has the yellow jersey on about every other day. Been really good defensively. And, it's, you know, he's been a 330 hitter with double-digit doubles, double-digit home runs for the last couple of years. And uh, we feel like he'll really help us. And maybe the surprise of the group has been Johnny Long, our, our catcher. You know, this summer we went ahead, we had to try to find a catcher. And Johnny was the starter at Pittsburgh last year. It was kind of a late addition, and uh, probably not a lot of fanfare, but he's been really good for us this fall. He's really pushing Ross and the other catchers. So those five guys out of the portal, have uh, they've all come in and kind of done what we need them to do at this point. 
One thing I think about winning baseball teams is they have a core. They have three or four guys that they know they can rely on. I think you have that with Hunter Hines, Dakota Jordan, David Mershon, and Ross Highfield. Rice Highfield, I'm sorry. How good can that group be as a group? I know individually they can be outstanding players. How good can they be as that core of your team? Well, I think you got to add Bryce Chance in there. Okay. Bryce Chance for it, like I tell our guys, and it makes Hines and Dakota mad. If the game's on the line, I probably want Bryce Chance at the plate. They get mad at me all the time. But my Bryce is a you know a real core guy too. Um, it's good. I mean, they all got to play last year. They were all young players. I mean, I guess Hunter was the older oldest one, but you know now these guys have gone through the war and they know what to expect. And uh, we have a really good group, very talented group too. And that group is pretty much very athletic. They can defend. And then there's a there's a power piece to most of them. You know, you got some you guys in there that can really do some damage, and uh, they've been good this fall. They have played really well. You bring back three pitchers. You mentioned them just a minute ago: uh, Brooks Auger, Stone Simmons, and Pico Khan. I want to talk about sp- Simmons specifically because he was really really good two years ago, before he had that injury. Had to sit la- out last year, getting himself back to full strength. With Aaron Nixon off to the, to MLB. Is he a guy you could see filling into that closer role, or is there, is there another role you want to see him uh, get, get into this spring? Well, I think he's going to be very big in that back-end role. You know, I think he'll close games. He'll, You know, in our world, sometimes it's winning the game in the seventh inning, you know, being able to run out there. But he is, he's been really good this fall, um, you know, 90-94, you know, four pitches for strikes. And it's just a mature kid, you know. So uh, I don't know how well he bounces back to say he's the everyday closer, which – People didn't realize Landon Sims didn't bounce back real well either. Mm-hmm. So we would use Landon to win one game on a weekend. And then, you know, until we got to Omaha, he didn't really pitch, you know, back-to-back days most right. of the season. Just, you know, he had been a starter his whole life. But Stone's kind of the same way. But I'm excited about that group. You know, you got Brooks Augers the same way. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brooks Auger in our World Series was 94-96 to in his inning, you know, which is, you know, really good for him. He's still coming back, so there's some, you know, refining the breaking ball and things like that. But, and then we brought in a really interesting kid. I don't know if you've seen him yet, but his name's Cam Schulke. Yes, I've heard about him. And, and Cam was the fireman of the year, won a national championship in JUCO. And the last two years, he was the uh, relief pitcher of the year in the Cape Cod League, which is a pretty good league. You know, and it's, I still debate with him. He says it's 12 pitches because it's over the top, sidearm, submarine. You know, he has, you know, but it's really interesting. And he's kind of your jam guy. He can close. He can throw three or four innings. He can come in and get you out of a jam. So we have some nice options back there. Yeah. What's the schedule going to look like for this team? I've seen the SEC schedule. And, I mean, I know the SEC schedule is always going to be tough no matter what. But, man, they did not (laughs) do you a lot lot of favors. uh, You know what? You know, I've looked at it some years and felt like it was going to be easier at times. And those teams were hot. And we just – we got a really tough road schedule, mm-hmm. you know, and a really tough beginning. You know, we got to fight through those first three weeks, and uh, you know, just just getting out there and playing good baseball. But it's why if you can get in at the end of the year, then you can. Who knows how far you can go? You know, like I said, it's our, our SEC teams. It's just, but we do have a really, really what it is, is. If you look at the West, we all have really tough schedules because the West is really tough, and then we just had ended up pulling Florida and Vanderbilt on the road from the other side that that put a little bit on it but we'll uh we'll do some of our regular things we're going to go to pearl you know a couple times we're going to go to Bluxy. we have uh you know a couple home weekends here to start we kind of we kind of figured you know schedule wise we'd want to start here and stay here for a while the the Bluxy games and pearl games 
it's putting us a lot on the road. So mm-hmm. I'm probably not going out on the road early. And we're going to put our – we're still waiting on one contract, and then we're going to put our schedule out. So it'll be out here in the next week or so. That, that was, was going to be my next question. Do you have an idea of when the non-conference is going to be all wrapped up? It'll, so be, it'll be pretty soon. So, you know, so. Okay. If you want to break any news for me, Coach, I'm more than happy to to to, to let you do that. If you, if you got anything you want to tell <laughs> There's us, not a lot of news. We're going on our fall break starting Thursday, so we're uh, we're taking the team, we're taking them camping for a night, and then we're riding over and, and scrimmaging on Friday night at La Tech, and then we're going to play La Tech on Saturday, and uh, then we finish up the next Saturday at home, kind of finishing up our fall schedule, and mm-hmm. then get off the field and get these guys strong and. Um, you know, try to correct some weaknesses, but not a lot of not not a lot of breaking news right now. We're just getting after it. Now, the group's been great. Been a, been a tough group. They worked hard, and uh, we got a lot more work to do, though. You know, we're trying to. We met this morning. Just you know, where do we have to improve in? What do we got to do? We got you know, last year we just gave up too many freebies, and it's just not the, just not the walk. You know, it's it's the wild pitch and HB, you know HBPs and wild pitches and you know, stolen bases and just things like that that we're spending a lot of time on right now just to kind of tighten the ship, I guess, is the best way. But we have a fun, you know, one group we didn't talk about was our freshmen, and our freshman group's been pretty impressive to this point. Mm-hmm. So they're pushing on a lot of guys right now. You know, probably one of the best competitions on the field is David Mershon and Dylan Cup. Yeah. Because you know, Dylan, Dylan was Team USA shortstop, too. So you're seeing this dynamic out there every day, and it's a – it's a great competition. They're both great kids. They're good friends, but they are, you know, y'all seen David Marchand play and Dylan Cuff's very similar in terms of just the, the effort and the energy. You get that every day from these guys. So it's a lot of fun. You won a national championship two years ago. Obviously, these last two seasons have not gone the way you wanted them to. Oddly enough, Ole Miss wins a national championship. They have the exact same problem. I'm looking forward to LSU finishing last in the conference this year, I guess, is, is what I'm getting at. That would at. be nice. That, that would be nice, right? Like, <laughs> it would be funny you know, if nothing else. It's been a different else. dynamic. I, I'll be honest with you, from, from my side, it's been been miserable. Yeah. Um, because you're used to winning. You know, like I, I think I said it, you know, 18 months ago, we, you know, we were going to that season second in the country, and it's just been – been just crazy you know and, and so uh, you know it's not it's not an easy process you know once you're down getting them back and getting them going and building momentum and that's what we have to do right now we just have to get out there and play good baseball that first month and and getting this team back to being confident and the attitude that you should have here at mississippi state that we're the best in the business and so uh, it, it has it's been a crazy year i'd love for lsu to be on bottom <laughs> i don't know if that's going to happen they're pretty good <laughs> i don't so think so a, yeah <laughs> they have a good group but i didn't think ours was either you know, so you just never know in this game. You know, the healthier team is huge right now. So in the college game, so we we got to do a really good job of staying healthy and and showing up ready to compete every day. Well, last question then, and you sort of hit on it there. You you say you know you have to bounce back this year. Do you have the team yeah. to do it? Yeah, I think so. I think we have a we have a team that can go to Omaha. I truly believe it. we have some of the better hitters in the country, and we our staff has to come together and we have to figure out roles. But um, that's always our goal, and. Uh, you know, I, I like our, you know, in 22, I really liked our team. We just, man, we got we got beat up. Um, last year we were young. We kind of knew we were young. Um, uh, young's not an excuse because you, you, it's our job to be old. But, man, we had we played probably more young kids than anybody else in the league. And mm-hmm. they, they kind of took a, a beating in a little bit, but they're all back and they're all really good players. And, and, you know, I like them. I like our group a lot. Looking forward to it. Opening day won't be here. We'll be here before you know it in February. Coach Chris Lamotis, Mississippi State Baseball. Thanks so much for your time, Coach. I appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. Hell State. All right, as always, I appreciate appreciate Coach Lamonis' time, and I appreciate you guys tuning in today. 
Hope that you uh, enjoyed this. This is the second year that we've done this. I, I, I was I regret not being able to get Coach Jans on. Maybe I should have uh, reached out a little earlier, but we will have him on very, very soon to talk about his program and the excitement surrounding Mississippi State men's basketball uh, this year. No podcast tomorrow on Friday. No podcast. I got taken a couple days off. I'm not on Sports Talk either. So if you're a person who's like, you know, I like Sports Talk Mississippi, except I don't like Richard and Borky. Well, then you don't want to listen, I guess. But I, I would encourage you to do so anyway, just so that I can check in with you later and be like, hey, what did they screw up? So help me out with that if you can. Guys, have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy a off weekend for Mississippi State football. Enjoy college football. I certainly am going to. If you're cooking out, you know what to do. Send me the picks. I'm happy to see them. Have a good one, guys. Talk to you again soon. For my co-host, Robbie Falk, who's not here today, but he's here in our hearts. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.